life away. That if you get hurt in this jump, that uh, you're not going to sue them, that this is a risky adventure to take. Uh, then you, you get there, the night before you get to the place to, to go skydiving, you, you, you don't sleep really well because you have all these thoughts going through your head. Uh, am I going to make this? You know, am I going to survive? If I, am I put, risking my life for this little bit of adventure? You get there and you, you sign, like I said, you sign your life away. And then, is there, is there like an echo? Okay, here. You sign your life away and then they, they start explaining to you, this is what's going to happen. Just like you see in the movies, I want you to lay out your arms and your hands and, I, and you're going to fall from the sky. And this is what you're going to do. And your, your heart starts beating just a little bit faster the more details you get. And they start walking through, I'm going to be right behind you because I'm going to have somebody... Uh, you're going to have a tandem. You have two people jumping. And so we're going to be connected together at, at every point, And they're going to double check everything all the way so that you know you're going to be at least connected to somebody else if you do happen to die. <laughs> okay? Uh, you, you walk to the airplane and you get into this, this, this it's, a, it's kind of a shell. And you got two rows of, of chairs and you sit there and it, the plane starts to rumble and it makes some noises and it starts going down. And just like a plane goes like this, you're going like this because the plane's going up and you're just looking at each other thinking, what in the world are we doing? And you get up there and of course the instructors are all excited because they love to jump, that's why they do this. And so they, they say, hey, why don't you stand up and we're going to connect ourselves here and we're going to double check and make sure everything's completely safe to jump. And you get it to the door and just like the movies, you, you, there's all this suction trying to suck you out of the airplane. And you're, you're just standing there. They said, when you jump, don't stick your hands in the air and try to hang on because that's a natural response for the body to do. You just keep your hands like this and you just start. And when it's time to go, you just jump. And so you're standing there and you're, you're watching, you're in line and you watch somebody, your mother, jump out of the airplane and just, and she just disappears. And you're thinking, oh no, what am I doing? I don't know. I mean, I just, there's all this tension and all this fear. And you get there, and you're just waiting, and all the stuff you, and everybody's saying, go, go, go. And finally, you jump. And then you're falling through the sky, and you're smiling. And there's somebody else, another person that's going through. They're taking your pictures, and you're trying to wave. <laughs> you're trying to breathe all the way down as you fall. And when you get to the ground, they, they, they tell you beforehand, when you're going to land, make sure you keep your feet out, because you want to land on your tail end. And so you do that, and you, you get up, and you're all excited, and you, you take this all off, and everybody's high-fiving each other. Do you know the only way to experience that, to know what that's really like? Anybody know? you got to do it. And guess what? I don't know what it's really like, because I did not jump out of an airplane. <laughs> My sister-in-law, one of them, uh, this past summer, went and jumped out of an airplane with her mom, who's, I think it was his 60th birthday present. So her, her brother and her younger sister, they all did this, and they went and jumped out of an airplane, and she told me all of this. And so then when you're, uh, when she came to church the next day, because it was on a Saturday, she was, she was almost like a hero. I mean, she's, she's got a shirt on that says, I jumped out of a perfectly good airplane. She's got all these pictures. Uh, everybody wants to hear how it is. But as much as you can describe how something is, you don't know unless you actually take, you get to the edge, and you actually jump, and you do it. Last week we talked about Mary. She, she took 
this, there's this point in her life where she says, okay, I'm going to follow God. And today we're going to get a little farther into what that means because when she took that jump, she was also blessed. And we're going to look at how we can take that same kind of jump and be blessed by God. Hopefully it won't involve an airplane, but you never know. So if you turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1 uh, with me, we're going to be in chapter 1 uh, and verses 39 to 56. And we'll look at how God has blessed Mary and how we can in turn be blessed the same way that she was. But first, let's ask God's blessing on this. Dear God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, even for Mary, that she was just a simple girl who said yes to serving you. And she didn't know she was going to be blessed. She had no idea what it meant for her to, to follow you uh, with, with this big step she's taken in her life. And God, I know that even as I think about jumping out of an airplane, there's lots of fear that runs through my body. And I know the same kind of fear can happen when it comes to saying yes to you. So I pray that we would all have that courage to say yes to you and we would feel the blessing in our lives that you uh, want to give us. Just pray that you'd speak through me now that only your words would come out and that everybody would only hear what it is that you want them to hear. I just pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Mary uh, has just been told last week, you're going to have a son. That's what we discussed last week. And she decides to get out of town for a couple days. And she goes off to see her, Elizabeth, her relative, Elizabeth. So Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 40. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When the... Okay, so that's what we're going to stop there for a second. Okay, so Zechariah, last week we remember that he had heard, uh, he had talked to the angel, and the angel said, Zechariah, your wife is going to have a son. And Zechariah said, how can this be? My wife is well along in years. I'm old. I don't see how this is possible. And so the angel says, okay, well, you're not going to be able to speak. And so when Mary enters Zechariah's home, it's, it's fairly quiet at first because Zechariah cannot greet her at the door. Mary has taken this, it's about 80 to 100 mile trip to get from where Elizabeth, uh, Mary is all the way to Elizabeth. So, but she, she did it probably in record time. I don't know if she's riding a horse or if she's walking, but all it says is she's going by herself. And I can only imagine what kind of thoughts are going through Mary's head. On the one hand, she's excited because she's found out nothing is impossible with God. My relative, Elizabeth, is going to have a baby. It's not natural. It's a, it's a miracle that she's going to have this baby. So I'm excited to go and tell to, to be to celebrate with her. But on the other hand, I'm kind of afraid, too, because uh, I'm going to have a baby. I've never had a baby before. And it's, it's weird. I don't know what Elizabeth is going to think. And it doesn't say why she goes. Maybe she wants to celebrate. Maybe she says, I'm not ready to tell my parents about this yet. I'm going to go talk to Elizabeth, and she can walk me through the first couple stages of pregnancy from, from an experienced person that can help me understand. But she goes. And I think she's afraid as she walks through the door. But Elizabeth doesn't even waste any time. She, she makes it easy for Mary. She tells Mary about herself, about what she's going through. Chapter, chapter 1, verses 41 to 45. It says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? 
As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Now, apparently, when Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, it was the Holy Spirit telling her that, look, this woman is going to be the mother of, the, of our Savior, of your Savior. His name is going to be Jesus, and it's going to be something special because news back then did not travel like it does today. If I want to call 80 miles away or 100 miles away, I can get on a cell phone, and it just takes a matter of, like, seconds. Emails are very quick. Social media. Uh, but it, back then, it didn't work that way. Apparently, it took the Holy Spirit to get to Elizabeth fast enough before Mary got there in order for her to know this. And I want to look at, uh, for a second at Elizabeth's response to all this. It says, in a loud voice, she greeted Elizabeth, or I'm sorry, Elizabeth greeted Mary. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. All Elizabeth has is support and encouragement and excitement for Mary with this child she's going to bear. The word we get blessed from uh, in the Greek here is you. We get it's the word we get eulogy from, and that you know when somebody passes away, you have. Uh, people come up here or get a microphone and they just start saying nice things about this person's life. They want to remember all the good details, even the funny stories of how great this person was. And so this is kind of like the way it is for Mary. As long as she, as long as earth exists, as long as heaven is there, people are going to speak well of her because she said yes to following God. But she says, why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth was a very humble person, and she's very humble about the visit. She wasn't jealous. There's no hint of sarcasm or jealousy. She wasn't comparing herself and what she got to do versus what Mary got to do, which would be easy to do because Elizabeth could say, you know, wait a second. I was just having a miraculous baby, and now you're doing it, and my baby isn't going to be as cool as your baby, and my baby's going to be announcing that your baby's coming. This, is, this isn't fair. This isn't right. And we can easily struggle with the same thing. You know, when uh, I, I have two friends back home named Dave. That's really their names. Uh, when I, one of my friends, he's, uh, when I became the youth pastor, he didn't really appreciate that. He wanted the job, and so it was a lot more of a negative experience for him because he wanted it. When I became a pastor, I had a friend, my other friend named Dave. He's actually the guy who's living in my house right now. He told me one time that becoming the pastor of a church is like winning the lottery. Because there's, there's so many people applying for a church and to be that one person that they want. He says, it's like winning the lottery. And so I was afraid to tell this guy, I won the lottery. You know, I'm going to Plevna and it didn't work out for you. But he didn't respond in a negative way at all. He says, Josh, I'm proud of you. Uh, congratulations. I'm excited for you. And, and that's exactly what you would hope for when you tell somebody something. He didn't get it. He's applied for churches, and he, I think he just kind of gave up on going that direction. But it was such a big thing to him, it was like winning the lottery. Do you ever feel like you're shortchanged by God? Like everybody else around you is getting blessed. They, they got the abilities that I don't have. You know, they have the finances, they have the, the promotion, they have the friends. Every, God's, I can see how God's blessing everybody else, but what about me? Do you compare yourself and say, 
you know what? Um, I can sing, but compared to this person, I can't sing. Because, you know, everybody praises that person. That person's making money. I mean, if you're here singing in church and we appreciate it, it's real easy to compare yourself to someone who's making money, who's on tour, and you think, man, I wish that was me. Does that kind of feeling keep you from being used by God? Do you say, because I, I can't speak as good as somebody else, I'm not going to do it? Because I can't teach, because I can't give, I'm just not even going to try? Or maybe the flip side is possible. You know what? I can't sing. I can teach. Look how good I am. But Elizabeth, she doesn't do that. She's, she's just excited to be with her friend who's experiencing this miracle from God. And she goes on to say, Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Now, blessed, uh, there's two different, uh, there's at least two different Greek words for blessed. We saw the one that was like the eulogy that's speaking well of somebody. But this, in this verse 45, the word means supremely blessed, fortunate, well off. So, well off, blessed, uh, fortunate is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Well, that sounds really easy, right? Because Mary was talked to by an angel. She's definitely well off. She got, she's going to do something that nobody else, that wasn't even offered to anybody else before her, her or after her. One person in the history of the world could accomplish this. And it was Mary. So, of course, she's blessed. Of course, she's well off. Of course, life is good for her. But it wasn't always easy for Mary. You know, it didn't mean that all of a sudden life got wonderful for her. She, she was still poor. Her baby was still born in a manger. She didn't get upgraded to a hospital because it was God's son. She's still going to experience around Easter time the, the death of her son on a cross. So life is not always going to be happy and peachy for her. So how can she be considered blessed? It does not make sense. When we were reading uh, a scripture reading, Luke chapter 6, we find the same word used uh, for blessed are those who have a lot worse sounding things than having a baby. Then these kinds of words, supremely blessed, fortunate, well off, will not come to your mind. And they do not come to my mind when I read these words. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. You tell a poor person they're blessed, you're well off, you're fortunate, what are they going to think? What have you been drinking? What, why do you think this way? Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Fortunate, well off. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you, and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. I'm a Christian, I'm fortunate, I'm well off, everybody hates me. That doesn't even make sense. How is it possible? That kind of happiness is uh, the word makarios. It's the one who is in the world yet independent of the world. His satisfaction comes from God and not from his earthly circumstances. And it's the kind of happiness that the world cannot understand. The world cannot give. We can, we can find happiness in all sorts of things, but you cannot find this kind of happiness in this, or this ball we call earth. Mary was called on by God to do something special, but her reward wasn't here on earth. Her reward was in heaven. You can be considered blessed. You can be considered happy if you obey what God is asking of you. 
Your reward will not be here on earth. Your reward will be here in heaven. If we continue that little passage, uh, verse 23 says, Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their fathers treated the prophets. Your reward for choosing to follow God, to be poor in spirit, to hunger and thirst for righteousness, for being uh, persecuted because of Jesus, that's going to be tough to handle here on earth. But you can be happy because uh, your reward is in heaven. And there is, actually, there is a peace and a confidence and a hope that you can have that I can't explain to you. I can't give to you. I, I, can, I can try to go and you know, give, give some emotion to it and make you feel the same thing like jumping off of the, out of the airport. Right? It makes me scared to think about that. The same kind of thing here is you don't know what that peace and what that hope and what that uh, joy and happiness you can really have unless you try it. So be blessed. Be the one who is in this world, yet independent. Let your satisfaction come from making God happy and not your circumstances making you happy. And Mary's called blessed because she had the kind of faith that she was willing to put into practice. Do you have the kind of faith that you're willing to put into practice? The world as a whole is, it wants to be blessed. We as the whole nations of the, of the world, when, when I die, the whole world, when they say, when I die, I want people to speak well of me. I want there to be lots of sad people. I want there to be lots of happy stories of things that people remember that made me special. But the world's not always interested in the kind of blessing, the kind of blessed and happy that you only get from doing what God has asked you to do. And that's exactly what Mary has. She's blessed now, and she's going to be blessed for all eternity because she said yes to God. The world says, hey, achievements, that makes me happy. I'm, I'm moving up the ladder. My hobbies make me happy. You know, there's always a good movie on or a good game. Uh, friends, friends, I have success. I have happiness in my friends, vacations, sports. Uh, those are all an imitation of happiness. That's not a true happiness. There's a, pa- there's a peace and a happiness you can only have by, trust- by trusting Jesus enough to do what he's asked you to do. And if you don't get to that ledge and you don't jump off and try it, you're never going to know. It's, it's, just, it's just like jumping out of an airplane. You've got to trust God. So get to that edge and say, God, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm afraid of how this is going to turn out, but jump. The blessing you may not see here, but I I promise you're going to see it in heaven. And it's going to be worth it when you get there. So when you finally do say, okay, I'm going to go to the edge and I'm going to jump. And who's going to get the credit for that? When you you succeed, when you you jump out of that airplane, who's going to get the glory? When God chooses to use you, who's going to get the praise? When you are used by God, give that credit, give that praise, give that glory to God, which is exactly what Mary did in verses 46 to 49. She immediately, once Mary talks to her and says, blessed are you for this, she doesn't even spend five seconds in saying, hey, look at me. Yeah, I am something special. She just says, immediately, we're going to God with this. Verses 46 to 49. It says, and Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, 
and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. It's easy to say, look at me. Look at what I did. You know, there's, uh, there's times when, when I get told, hey, you did a good job for a message, and I want to say, I nailed it. You're right, I did a good job, because I studied I studied and I practiced and I tried. Look at me. I, I'm a human. I want praise. I want people to say good job. I struggle with it too. But Mary knows this miraculous pregnancy has nothing to do with her. Except for she said, I'm available and I'm willing. And God said, okay, I'm going to use you. Elizabeth knows the same thing. She's past the, this, this age or a stage of childbearing. This isn't supposed to happen. And she's, she's being blessed because she says, I'm going to be used by God. And that should be each of us. We should be willing, humble people that God chooses to use. And we should give him the glory that he even decided to use us. Now, it's hard when you look around and you even compare yourself with others. You know, it's hard to always give God the credit for what we can do. Because it doesn't feel like something special. I mean, I could get up here and sing, and you wouldn't want that, but I, I could get up here and sing, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to sound good to God, but if, even if everybody said, wow, that sounds great, in my head, my, the sound of my voice is not something I'm proud of. It's not something that I just think, man, I sound good. It just, it's, you know, uh, people who can give financially, people who can teach, uh, it doesn't feel like something that that's special to them. Because it's just so natural. It just feels like, like walking. If I can draw and it just happens, it just feels like I was born to do this. So it's not anything special. But every ability, everything that we do, we can only do because God has given us that ability to do it. And we should tell God, thank you for that. Now maybe you're feeling like, I can't do anything. I can't speak. I can't sing. I can't teach. I can't draw. I can't build. I can't do anything. But God likes to use the underdog. He likes to use the people who say, I can't do anything. I'm just an average person. I, I don't know what my gifts and strengths and talents are. God says, you know what? I, I like to use you. Those are the people who are unqualified, the people who have no reason whatsoever to accomplish anything on their own. The Bible is full of people who are just average, ordinary people. We'll, when we go through Luke, we're going to see the disciples, just a regular fisherman. Or they have a net. You know, we're, we're fishermen. That's all we know how to do. And God says, I'm going to use you, a tax collector who's stealing money from, the, from people. I mean, all I can do is take money and mark it down. God says, I'm going to use ordinary, normal people. And we'll see that as we go through Luke. That means God can use us. God can use me. I'm just an ordinary person. And you might say you're more ordinary than you think, Josh. But God can choose me. And Mary says, I'm going to praise God because he was willing to use me has nothing to do with me. God just says, I'm going to use you, so I'm going to praise God. But then she goes on in verses 50 to 53, and she talks about his mercy and his mighty deeds and lifting up the humble and his provision for the poor. There should be no end to what we thank God for. And I don't know why she specifically picked these things to thank God for, because you could, you could just spend all day, every day, coming up with new things to thank God for. What he's done in your past, uh, what you hope he's going to do in the future, uh, what he's done for mankind in general, how God's always provided. But Mary decides she's going to praise God for these things in verses 50 to 53. 
His mercy extends to those who fear him. That's definitely praiseworthy. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty-handed. And then 54 and 55, it talks about uh, this blessing that he's actually getting to live out by, by how God has pro- made a promise to Israel and how he's fulfilling it in her giving birth to baby Jesus, who's going to be ultimately the savior of the world. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as his, he has said to our fathers. Ultimately, all, all, all mankind is going to be blessed through the birth of this little boy named Jesus. And Mary's the one that God has chosen to use her. So she's thanking God for herself. She's thanking God for mankind in general. And she's thanking God that he's faithful to his own promises, that he's going to accomplish what he promised to Abraham hundreds of years ago is being fulfilled through her, through the birth of this little boy named Jesus. You know, also, uh, another place this this blessed is, is used is for those who have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. And that's something that I think, I'm, I'm sure everybody in here would say, yeah, I, I have this blessedness. I, have, I can have this peace because I know that there's heaven for me waiting. Whatever I'm going through in this life, I know that I have that. But it's easy to get distracted by the temporary, the, the, mim- the fake happinesses of this world, which I enjoy too. But we've got to make sure we keep our focus on, I'm going to say yes to God and accomplish what he wants over what I would like to do. But also, especially during this holiday season, is remembering that, hey, I've been blessed, blessed I have received. I should be willing to do the same and offer this blessedness to other people and go and share the good news of Jesus Christ with those around me. It all starts with uh, the relationship with Jesus Christ. It all starts with getting to the edge of the ledge and saying, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. The only way to experience this is to jump. That's it. And then you, you can experience, because you're, you're going through on a, a no-look-back situation, I'm going to follow God and I'm going to trust him through thick and thin because this is what he's asked me to do. God has something for you to do and it's found in obeying his word. A lot of people want the position. They want the fame. They want to be blessed, but they don't want the work. They want the glory, but they don't want the price. They want the reward, but they don't want the cost. In order to experience this blessing, you have to believe God will accomplish what he says he, will, he, he can accomplish through you, and you have to go for it. Make it your goal to please him. Please make it your goal to get to the edge and jump and see what God has used, how God wants to use you. It will affect you but it can affect other people for generations to come because of your faithfulness. Other people can have the courage to be faithful and they can experience that same blessing that you got to experience. I'm going to pray and ask God to help us each to do that, to have the courage to jump when God gives us that chance. Because even if it's something as simple as, I feel like I should go to the nursing home and I I should go talk to these old people. I'm not sure who's coherent and I'm not, I'm not sure what to say and, I just don't know how to do that. If God prompts that on your heart to go and do that, you're taking a little leap and you're going and you're going to go see who's there. 
and you're going to talk to them. Or if God's saying, hey, I want you to go to Bible school, and I want you to become a missionary, or I want you to become a pastor, or I want you to just get more education so that you can teach somebody else, it's a leap of faith. You don't know what the, we don't know what that landing spot is. You don't know what your destination is going to be. Get to the edge of the airplane and trust God, and I want you to jump. We're going to pray for that. Dear God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that uh, you use people like me who are just simple people, who have no uh, skills on my own. God, that I just am trying to be faithful to what you've called me to do, and I, it's, it's scary at times. And I know uh, jumping out of an airplane is scary. I know trusting you, God, when we don't know what's, what's coming next is scary. And I, maybe everybody here is doing exactly what you've asked them to do, and they can have that peace and that ultimate joy. But if there's someone here, God, who doesn't, have that and they feel like they should be doing something and letting all the world's distractions keep them from that ultimate joy in you. I just pray that you would um, give them the courage to take that jump. And I pray that you prove yourself faithful. And God, I just pray for those who we know that don't know you as their Savior. I pray that we can share that blessedness and that hope and that joy with them so that they can have that salvation also. I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.